Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up live show. I hope all the tech works. As always, my name is DJ Pie, joined, as always, by uh, all my compatriots. Solly, how are you? I am wonderful, ready to chat some PGA Championship. Big Randolph out in Denver. How are you? I am great. It's good. I want to say you guys are my full-time hitters. <laughs> Thank you. Full-time hitters only. Uh, and joined live from an undisclosed location in the greater Charleston area, uh, codename Cody, who was on site at Kiowa today. Cody, how are you? Great. Happy to be here and uh, ready to talk a little day one action. Well, let's do that. Solly, where do you want to start? You're, you're driving the ship here. Well, first I just want to ask Cody, how did Scott Stallings do today? Did he have a... a... <laughs> <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, folks. I appreciate it. I still think he's vibing next week. For, you know. <laughs> Love him. Love never, count never count him out. Him out. No. Never we're going to go Colonial. He's going to win. He's going to win at Congaree. <laughs> we're, we're totally fine, guys. It's going to be okay. <laughs> I had to uh-huh. I had to welcome you to the live show in that way. Before we, <laughs> before we get rolling, uh, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Wine Access. You guys can go to wineaccess.com slash NLU. They give uh, users 15% off their first three purchases. We got a bunch of our favorites on there. This, again, is a TC special. Wine Access makes it easy for people to discover and enjoy the world's best wine through curation, content, perfect provenance, satisfaction, guarantee. Every bottle has a story, and they include some tasting notes to it, how to enjoy it, et cetera. Even if you don't know wine and people don't know, you want you know, if you're having, you know, red meat, you want red wine. If you're having fish, you want white wine. They include all that kind of information. Zip by sip, temperature controlled shipping ensures pristine condition of every bottle. And they'll credit you for any bottle that fails to impress you. And the, we got the NLU wine of the month. This uh, was chosen by TC himself is OPP Pinot Noir from Oregon. This is Randy in a nutshell. Red Other people's fruits. Pinot. Other people's Pinot. Red fruits, earthy, spicy, woodsy. Mm. And it's an accessible Pinot that's a service industry favorite. Uh, there's only four sets remaining of the California trio we put together. They're also launching a subscription with Wine Folly. So again, go to wineaccess.com slash subscriptions where you can choose from Michelin, uh, Wine Folly, or their standard club options. Again, wineaccess.com slash NLU. Give users 15% off. Um, all right, I want to go. Let's go around around the table here. Let's start with uh, Cody, who was on site here. What's the story of the day for you? What's the first thing that comes to mind that you'd want to talk about? Well, for me, I think it's Will Zalatoris. So lucky enough to see him hole out for that ego on six. Uh, absolutely flushing it. Missed a couple, uh, you know, tee shots here and there, but you know, overall a really good day. Uh, and I think he's going to get a little bit crowned by having a, a late early start. Um, and that's kind of going to be the motto going forward. But that's where that's where I'd start at. Big Randy. I, well, I want Mr. Cody to be very, very, very judicious in throwing around the term flushing. Uh, you know, it's a high <laughs> bar to clear. So don't just throw that around willy nilly. Okay. Um, I, I'd say for me, the, the first thing, my, my first story was just the course and the conditions. I think it was spicier than I was anticipating. Um, the, the wind was fresh uh, for most of the day. And honestly, I mean, I tweeted some of the stuff later in the day. 
I, I turned on the Mickelson only feed on ESPN plus his back nine was just resplendent. It, it made me feel like a young man again, uh, turning back the clock back nine thirty two was just a lot of fun. It, it's just a lot of fun for me when he plays well. It's it, what, you know, where would you put that on the sustainability charts? The Phil Mickelson last <laughs> absolutely, absolutely zero, zero <laughs> short shelf life. Uh, I have no confidence that'll back it up. It'd be great if he did, but I, you know, I, I if the over under was like you know seventy four and a half tomorrow, I'm I'm I would probably take the over uh, with my smart money, but um, Phil, ho- hope Phil to be wrong. Pumping carbon into the air, uh, <laughs> yeah. DJ. What's uh, what's your big takeaway from today? Uh, Randy kind of mentioned it up front before uh, veering into Mickelson land, but the course for me, I had an absolutely just thrilling time watching the golf today. I had it was a a rejuvenating round of golf on TV, especially kind of early afternoon uh, as that first wave was finishing, second wave was taking off. It was really, really fun. Fun to watch how the guys navigated the wind. Fun to watch guys hit it in absolute shit spots. Uh, Dustin Johnson, before he got dropped from coverage, honestly, like I don't want to spike the football on on the world number one, but it was uh, it was a thrill to watch him make the golf course look as hard as it as it is. You know what I mean? It was just fun to watch him on those first four holes just hit it in horrible spots and uh that that was kind of the story of the day for me was the golf course we didn't really know how it was going to look and now we know if you don't know now you know i would say out of how many guys are there 156 guys 155 of them made it look pretty hard and the only one that didn't was Corey connors even the guys that shot three under and stuff were at some point in what we would like to call ass spots and (laughs) Corey connors was just in command he was never out of position really the whole day um it's golf it's course. interesting that none of us said the story of the day was Spieth shooting one over in, in a tie for 45. Well, that's what I'm just about to get to. I mean, the, story, <laughs> the lip outs for Jordan Spieth were just off the charts. I mean, I know that's what everyone's been dying to talk about. But um, I believe, do you want to apologize for, for you know, mm. me, the Corey Connors takes you had in the previous are you ta- Are you talking to me or Cody? Uh, to DJ. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, no, I don't want to apologize. And, and I don't want to treat the situation, you know, flippantly. I, it is a very powerful storm that is developing out in the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, so I know your models were were pointing to a lot of different directions it could go. You, you thought it was going to veer unexpectedly. None of the other models had this across face, whip across the Atlantic, just decimate the Isle of Wight. Uh, I'm not ready to evacuate those folks quite yet. Uh, it, the storm is is developing, but I think there's a lot of golf to play out. Uh, you know, he's holding he's holding stuff from the fringe. He's you know, he's, he's, he didn't miss a fucking golf shot all day. And, and yeah, maybe that'll continue for 72 holes. And uh, he's also going to putt his eyes out like he did today. You know, maybe. Uh, but, you know, I think much, we're going to see a much more traditional storm. I would uh, I would warn the folks on the on the U.S. East Coast, uh, your Wilmingtons, uh, your Outer Banks, like those, those regions that are typically hit pretty hard. Uh, you know, I would expect a normal storm coming your guys' way. Start preparing. If you didn't listen to the preview, I'm sorry. sorry. None of that's going to make sense. But you know, what are you going to do? I did. I was in the preview, and I don't even remember where this this bit. It was a big. We're talking about your models. It's a wide. It was a wide cone. Exactly. No, I I will say I'm I'm not willing to apologize, but I I will absolute doff of the cap to uh, Corey Connors. He did not miss a golf shot, and it was really really fun to watch. I I kind of expected him to get eviscerated by the wind, especially on those. Uh, those back nine holes, I think maybe we got a little little taste seeing him tank the head cover off uh, coming into 18 there. But he, he man, it just laser, laser straight iron shots. It was really fun to watch. I think he, I think what my – oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, he hits the shit out of the ball. We know that. But he rolled it today. Yeah. I, mean, I, think he, I think he made a lead the field in strokes gain putting. That 
is kind of in the mix. That's, that's rare. Model. Yeah, yes. we're not we're not counting on that last in, you know, through four days. But is he going to top 20, which is what I had him for? Yeah, I think he will be. I think that's probably a pretty good bet right now. But um, I, he's the I, favorite I just wanna... right now. Is that weird? Is that not surprising? Well, I mean, no, he's, he's got a two shot lead and he, he didn't miss a shot. And there's not really many Clydesdales around him up there, you know, other Ooh. than, I guess, Brooks, other than Brooks, other than Brooks, Victor Keegan and ha- he won a major a decade ago. Let's, let's put the yeah. leaderboard up. Should we? There we go. All right. The reigning PGA champ is, is right there. Well, yeah. admittedly, Randy, I didn't really look that far down the leaderboard when I said, when I said that we're kind of shooting from the hip here. It, it's, uh, well, I think what my associate was saying with all of that, if if I can, TJ, I, I think I would sum it true up. True love is blood. Well, you can, you certainly cannot win the tournament on Thursday. <laughs> Thank you, think, God. But I think you can lose it. Who you're, lost you're, it you're, then? Uh, there were a lot of guys well, that lost it. Yeah, uh, Sam Burns for sure lost it. Uh, <laughs> many other guys. Uh, I think we expected DB to be straight vibing. That was not the case. Uh, Daniel Berger, very trendy pick, opening 79. I, w- I would say he lost it, probably. Yeah, that's safe to say. If you want to play the how far back is too far back game, we can maybe we can save that for later. I'm, we can get into that right now. What, what's We can go from the bottom up. The, everyone else is doing top down from the leaderboard. Why don't we go bottom up? How far back is too far back? Is Rory Are Rory and JT out of it at 75? I don't uh, think so. No. no. I, and that might be my that might be my cutoff right there. Um, I don't think everybody at plus three is in it, of course, but I think those guys can can hang a number tomorrow. Uh, get back get back around on the weekend. I, yeah, I'd say plus three. I'd say anything anything plus four or worse today. I'm I'm saying they're they're done. They can't win it. Plus three is plus three is the number that that we're that we're talking about right here. All yep. right, so Cody, you were there in person. You you kind of touched on. I'm guessing the best shot you saw. I hope it's the Zalatoris hole out because that was pretty <laughs> much the best shot I think I, any of us saw all day. What was the worst shot you saw today? Probably Sam Burns on five. So <laughs> flailed it right into that bunker and you know flubbed two sand shots. Ended up making a six triple on that hole. And you could tell he's kind of grimacing a little bit, but I guess he didn't realize that his back was in that bad of shape. You know, he tried to strap it in and make it to nine, which he did, and then a prompt WD. But he looked like he was struggling all day uh, right out of the gates, and, you know, sucks for him because obviously coming off some really good play. Count me out on I, – I just searched on Twitter for Sam Burns, like trying to figure out why he withdrew. Oh, my God. I got It stumbled into DFS Twitter. <laughs> like, oh my god he's in my lineup fuck this guy oh my god what are you doing withdrawing i was like oh whoa i have i have set, like, part, partitioned off that part of twitter for very long and i accidentally fell into it and was like get me the hell out of here oh my god i did want to give some thoughts and prayers to you know i obviously i hope sam burns is back gets better and, and one of the world's best young players gets back on the course but i do want to give thoughts and prayers to anybody who had him uh in their lineups this week because well, i know he was a highly him. highly populated player and if you had him, make sure to met, like send a message to tweet Sam at him. Yeah, yeah. See if you can find his phone number, text him. Uh, I, I think he he'd love to hear from those guys tonight. And a, a really good vibe too is just calling into question the severity of the injury that you can't <laughs> feel. That's what I really enjoy because, yeah, I'm sure that Sam Burns coming off as this hot a play just decided to quit it after nine holes. You know, just decided I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I'm going to quit and walk off from my profession after preparing for this. But yeah, I'm sure that's, I think that's probably what he was after. So yeah, keep that vibe up. It's fun. 
Cody, give me give me some insights from from the golf course today. Had, first of all, what's your background in Kiowa? Have you been there before? Was this your first time? How long you been there? What's what's the what's the takeaways? Just just download a little bit. Yeah, so I've been here for two days. Got in yesterday afternoon. Went out to the course right away, and then was out there early this morning. Uh, this is probably my fourth or fifth time out here. All the other times I played, so uh, I love Kiowa. Uh, the ocean course kicks my butt every time I try to play it. Um, and it's cool to see, you know, pros out there actually, you know, getting their teeth kicked in a little bit. Uh, no offense to them, but some crazy things happen that, that, you know, not just the wind and the wind swirling, but um, some over-aggressive volunteers, I would say. Maybe that's due to... Tell me all about those. <laughs> Tell me. I want to hear about this. <laughs> Maybe that's due to, like, limited uh, spectators that are out there. And it, it, it didn't feel, you know, crowded by any means. So 10,000 people, I think they're letting in this week. But uh, there was not that many people out there. But volunteers absolutely getting in asses everywhere. Uh, and it started out this morning uh, with some overbearing rope bearers. And then the funniest thing is when the afternoon waves started uh, going to warm up, I walked over to go watch Max and Bones warm up and uh, Katumi Kanaya. So primarily plays on the Japanese tour, uh, kind of walked right, right through where everybody else was standing and did not take the players route to get out to the driving range. Like three volunteers immediately jumped on him because he had like some wrinkled pair of dockers on and just like kind of a faded, <laughs> a faded polo shirt. And they're asking him for badges for, you know, he doesn't speak very good English. So badges he didn't get, he's literally signaling for agents and somebody to come help him. Uh, but they finally got the situation under control and then he's over there. <laughs> Threat was neutralized. Yeah. Yeah. God Warming bless up with everybody else. I was like, wow, intense. Uh, Did you ask how much they had paid to volunteer this week? <laughs> That's on my list to get tomorrow, just for you, there. Just an alley-oop. Just oh, to yeah. tee them up perfectly. Can we talk a little bit about Kiowa? Um, I thought, I feel like it, they did, it, the hype coming into this week was about as good of a buildup in terms of a mystery. Just like I watched live from several times through last night, just to get every piece of information I could on the golf course, talking about the win. The coverage of the golf course was just incredible. I mean, the way, the way they... I felt like I was there. I sitting here watching it for six hours on ESPN Plus. I felt like I had sand up my ass, like that, just from <laughs> the visuals. Like I felt like I was walking Kiowa, just from <laughs> taking it in because of how like how present everything really felt. And I don't know. I don't remember golf coverage really taking me to a site like that. Um, Cody, I don't know if you have sand in your ass as well, but. Um, <laughs> The golf course is really, really tough, really challenging. Yet I'm kind of struggling with the leaderboard it's given us right now. And where I'm at with it is it seems like in spots that there are shots that there's not a great option to pull off a spectacular shot or it's extremely unlikely, almost too unlikely. Whereas, you know, I'm thinking of 11 in general. I mean, it's playing dead downwind, but the way these greens sit, the way they're perched, if you land on top of that within a with a second shot, it's probably not holding. And if you land short, you can't bound up on. And I feel like the praise for this golf course has been pretty universal. And while I think it's solid to good, like I just it, you know, I I miss like a Brit. You know, I know it's not realistic to expect a British Open out of a PGA, but a shot that where you at least have the option to bound in front of and onto these greens, I feel like would make for a way more entertaining golf tournament where you know you have the, more opportunity for spectacular shots and. 
that's just it, it just seems like it's really set up to protect par and i don't know how fun that's going to be for four days i hope that's I, I don't know if that goes too far in the negative camp but i'm curious you guys feedback on that i think that's totally fair i, I randy go ahead no i mean i i was just i don't have a ton to add so i'll just say um so I think those are good points. I, I think I would love to see the course play like that. The one thing I noticed earlier today, just starting to watch, and as Ke- honestly as Kiwa came back to me, like God, I I do not remember many holes out there just on my own. So it was it was nice to really watch and and have my memory jog. Just the length of the rough seems it, it just feels unnatural, and I like that's a lot for me to say because usually I'm all about the rough. I'm all about the carnage. Uh, but I think just being so close to the ocean, um, it just, it, it just doesn't sit right. There, there's something a bit off. And I think maybe that's what, what you're hinting at a little bit too. So I, I would mostly agree with your take. I also think I, I, I'm not as down on the leaderboard though, as, uh, as maybe you guys are. I, I think it has a chance to be very interesting here over the next couple of days. I agree. It has a chance to be interesting. I'm not saying it's not going to be interesting. I just think that, you know, we're super bunched and that's where I'm at with like, you know, Corey Connors has two shot lead, but gosh, didn't the total number of guys that are, you know, there's 15 guys at minus two or better. And then you go, there's go super deep at minus one or better as well. And I just wonder if it's like this, it's like birdie or par on some holes and it's par or bogey right those lines between birdie and bogey aren't that close does that make sense yeah totally yeah, yeah. so cody did you get any sense of that like if you're you're out there seeing these golf shots right seeing them being played we're trying to take it in on tv are you seeing like tremendous opportunities on a lot of those a lot of these shots or do you, do you kind of pick up pick up what i'm getting at yeah i think the downhole you know everything that's downwind so as soon as you make the turn from four to five it's kind of the go zone all the way until you turn back into it on 14. Um, and you saw people taking advantage of that specifically on 11. Um, the issue is once you get downhill or excuse me, downwind on those holes, the majority of the par fours, I mean, if you're trying to land, you know, the ball a little bit short to a pin that's four paces on, you land it short and it hits the fringe. It's not going to bounce up. There's there. You're not going to roll up on the green at all. Um, and I think that's where you're kind of getting at there, yeah. Solly. And the other side of it is there's rough that in places where there shouldn't be rough. So it's kind of protecting it, protecting balls from rolling into bunkers or waste areas. Um, and I think you could see, you know, more of the, the rough taken out of there just to get the ball more on the ground and kind of running because, you know, specifically into the wind, one through four, they're flying it you know, right at pins and it, they're sticking and, you know, pretty reasonable putts because the, the greens are rolling really, really good. I saw a ton of made putts today, uh, a lot more than I kind of expected one through four. Um, but we'll see what it's like tomorrow. I mean, today the wind was primarily like 10 miles an hour out of the north almost all day. Tomorrow it's going to get up to 15 miles an hour more out of the east. So a little bit of a switch there. So uh, more crosswinds to, to deal with both coming up and going back. Um yeah, we'll see. Well, only thing I'd add, Sally, on on that, I mean, I thought it was a cool variety, uh, meaning that the par fives, you know, a lot of what you're talking about, I think, with, you know, hard to get close is is talking on your second shot, I think, like in, in which shouldn't be really a guarantee, I don't think, to to try to hit, you know, these par fives and two. I think they're still very, very gettable. Uh, you saw a lot of the birdies on the par fives. 
but I think that there was a ton of, especially like I'm thinking of a whole like 10, uh, that whole, that pin was almost impossible to get close to, which I thought was kind of cool from the perspective of, you know, there, there were gettable holes elsewhere. And I'm thinking specifically of Corey Connor's shot where, you know, he's trying to hit the perfect golf shot and he lands it, you know, right at the flag. No coincidence there. Uh, right at the flag, but it's downwind. He lands it on a downslope and it scoots all the way through to the back bunker. And hearing him on the telecast, like, oh my gosh, what an unlucky break that is. It's like, well, no, that you're not allowed to do that on that hole, man. You can't, you can't just hit it at the flag on all these, right? Exactly. Yeah. And where I'm at with that is like, all right, that that's, that's fine. But if, if for that 10th hole, if the fairway was super wide and there was like a hazard down the right side that if you played close to it, you could create an angle for that shot. Yeah. That would be super interesting. Whereas with narrow fairways, with this rough that Randy's talking about, you got to kind of hit it right here. There's not a lot of creativity off the tee right now. It's hit it in between, you know, these somewhat narrow fairways right now. And then you're kind of trying a shot that's pretty impossible. Like there's no way to really get it that close there on 10. And that's kind of where I'm at with like the praise was very universal for it. And I think it's mostly good. I'm intrigued by this golf course, but I just, uh, I, I just don't, it's not, it's not a 10 out of 10. And I, that's probably nitpicking. I know, but that's just, it ha- it didn't create the most exciting style of golf today. I don't think. That- yeah, we, I, we talked I, about I, this last last Sunday. The changes that they made to the course and trying to put the teeth back into it, back to to ninety one days, and as opposed to two thousand twelve. And I think when they tightened up some of these fairways, they went a little bit too far. Uh, anyways, before we get going to here too far, one major huge storyline this week, unbelievable, dominated the broadcast. Rangefinders, a lot of talk about rangefinders this week. Uh, I don't know. Where, if I saw, where is he going with this? I don't, I don't know if I saw any actually on TV. No, I saw speech um, with one. Okay. Well, the biggest news of all of this rangefinder news, Precision Pro Golf is proud to announce the launch of the smartest, most personalized rangefinder ever, the R1 Smart Rangefinder. It's available for limited pre-order at precisionprogolf.com. It is a range. It's totally reinventing the rangefinder. It's combining the functions of laser, GPS, and cell phone all into one device. So at its core, the R1 Smart Rangefinder is a premier rangefinder. Once you pair it to the powerful Precision Pro app on your phone, the R1 helps golfers see the course in a completely new way. So get get a load of all these features, guys. Get a load. Slope adjusted distances, GPS distance to the front, center, and back of the green, wind assist, which measures the effect of the wind the the wind's going to have on each shot, and the Find My Precision Pro function, which alerts you when the rangefinder has been left behind. That is the That's greatest function need. ever yes. for a rangefinder. You're never going to lose it again. Uh, but the most innovative feature on the R1 is Precision Pro's game-changing new MySlope technology. It creates customized measurements specific to you and your environment by combining a golfer's unique ball data with real-time weather data. So launch angle, ball speed, spin rate, all combined with the temperature, altitude, humidity, create a distance that's tailored for you and no one else because if it's not personalized it is not precise so i've been heard i've been hearing rumblings that it's the most technologically advanced rangefinder ever we don't have it yet so i i can't speak to the personal experience yet i can't wait to see it r1 smart rangefinder the rangefinder reinvented available for limited pre-order at precisionprogolf.com order today because inventory is limited swing with confidence hit more greens with precision pro golf uh, he's probably watching right now and we're 20 minutes in 25 minutes in. We haven't talked about Brooks Kepka yet. That's, uh, <laughs> that's probably an issue. How many times can we get away with this? What, where do we want to start? We want to start with this golf game, his injury. He, he kind of looked like Ken Caminetti a little bit out there. <laughs> RIP. Uh, I, it, I think, let me start it out this way. 
good to have him in the mix. I, I oh, think, sure. I, oh, my God. I think God, he's a yeah. great guy to have back. Um, happy, happy that he's there. What a terrible hat. Tough hat. <laughs> Tough hat. Yeah. What, how is he not in the, uh, you know, may, uh, you shouldn't yuck anybody's yum here. Maybe he loves, maybe he loves the hats, but how does, you know, Rory seems to get out of the ugly ass hats. The cat obviously gets out of the ugly hats. How does Brooks not have the clout to, to get out of those things? They're awful. I think never just, good hats. He does it. So we say mean things about it. And then he does the, and I took that personally <laughs> and goes out and shoots 69. And I, you know, this is the first time Kepka's had a great first round of a major that I haven't I'm not kicking myself for not seeing it coming because there was <laughs> right. I know he's extremely tough in majors. His record is unbelievable, but we've not seen good health at him uh, out of him. Kyle Porter said it best. He's bending down to read putts like Eddie Tobbins. He's setting up for a slider low and away, <laughs> which again, I just, I don't know if he is on the sustainability model. I don't know if he's going to be able to last four rounds, you know, battling knee injuries and wh- whatever it is. He did sound way more confident going into this week than he did for the masters. Uh, I kind of just kind of wrote it off a little bit just because, you know, I, I just needed to see a lot more out of him coming into coming into this. But, dude, it really is. Um, if he continues to have a great week, like we got to start talking about this guy in a different way. Like he needs to lead the major conversation every single time that there's a major championship and he's even remotely healthy. 100 percent. And it's it's also crazy, you know, talk about sustainability and all, you know, Corey Connors putting putting his eyes out and all that kind of stuff. I mean, coming into this week, it felt like most of the talking was about driving the golf ball right and and you got to drive it well you got to do this you got to do that and i mean brooks was what 134th today in driving strokes game driving uh so i gotta think that's gonna go the other direction probably that's probably not gonna continue uh which would scare the shit out of me i guess if i'm anybody on that leaderboard (laughs) sorry i got alerted somebody's at the front door but uh, <laughs> do you do you want us to pause? We can That's we my can pizza. wait. That was my oh, okay. Google. That was my my uh, my Nest system there alerting me. Um. So Tyler Serban three asked, "How does a guy with two bad knees absolutely dominate Rory and JT?" It's rhetorical, but if you want to comment, be my guest. Uh, I don't know who wants fickle. to jump on this grenade. Uh, yeah, I mean, some of it's just golf is fickle. Some of it is uh, Rory hasn't been good in majors in years and years and years. Uh, <laughs> and JT leaves a little to be desired. So, you know, that's that's my answer. Can we talk about Rory? Very I mean, scientific. Yeah. I mean, it. were you guys expecting good things out of Rory this week? I, I tell you, it was a complete coin flip. I know that's a cop-out, but, like, I, I totally didn't know. Like, 75 doesn't surprise me in the least, and 65 wouldn't surprise me in the least either. You know, it, it, it was one of those. It, it kind of felt like the win – I think they said it on the broadcast either today or maybe it was on live from or or what. But uh, the Pete Cowan thing almost seemed like kind of placebo. Like, you know, he was talking about how, you know, we really haven't even made too many changes yet. We're, we're just kind of getting into it. And it was almost like a tricking yourself into, you know, just just finding what you needed to find to get it over the finish line at, uh, at Quail Hollow. And so it it still doesn't seem like it's it's there, obviously, but uh yeah it, it wouldn't have surprised me if he went crazy low either it's just it's fucking disappointing man it's depressing i hate i hate seeing him do that but opening we've seen him do shot. it about 40 times in a row now so opening tee shot dead downwind 10th hole it was it was a driver and a flip wedge and he sprays it and i mean he took a we can, we can call it questionable drop i mean <laughs> i mean we, we don't know i'm, I'm amongst friends here that's the thing you know when you have a, a course that's set up you know 
holes that are framed like that with water and hazards. It's like it becomes this. It's amazing that the highest level of the game, we're playing this game of like, hey, do you guys think it crossed here or 150 yards further back? <laughs> like, what do you think? I mean, while it was in the air, we have no depth perception on it, but where should I drop it? And the players like decide that stuff is still it's still insane to me. But um, yeah, gosh, it it doesn't it seem. I, I was trying to think about this earlier. Where would you guys have rather started? Would you rather start on ten? play four holes downwind and then go like nine holes into the wind and finish uh, kind of coming downwind? Or would you rather go four out like eight to nine holes downwind and then finish with five into the wind? Cody, where would you rather have started? You were out there. I'd probably say the front nine. I think it whole setup wise. I mean, from there's not really any difficulty until you're coming back downwind anyway. Whereas you starting, you know, the back, back nine, 10, 11, 12, you're going to be okay. But once you're turning in, you're, you know, getting your teeth punched in. Yeah, Brooks was talking about that too, that that he he seemed to think that was dramatically easier starting on the front. Yeah. Especially I would think in the afternoon tomorrow, like the guys who start on the back in the afternoon tomorrow are going to have a, that, that's going to be the toughest, the toughest end of the toughest part of the draw, right? So yeah, yeah get, get this. If you, after playing the first four holes, you will go, again, these are all into the wind, 206, 458, 606, 214, 474, all dead into the teeth. That includes uh, 15, 17, and 18 were three, one, and two most difficult holes. So you play the three most difficult holes there in a, in a four-hole stretch. Then you flip over 401, 559, 381, and then 453, uh, which they moved the fourth tee up today, all into the wind. Like, that would be so grueling. Like, it is so difficult to keep a round going when you're just like, you can't advance. So like you're just trying not to retreat. And it, it, it kind of doesn't really matter because it flips, right? You, if you started on one today, you're starting on 10 tomorrow and it, it does even out, but gosh, that's just something to watch. Somebody that really goes and tears through that nine hole stretch into the wind is somebody that's going to gain a lot of shots on the field. So to your points, Ollie, on, you know, wanting some more accessible hole locations and, and things like that on some of those downwind holes, does that almost like make the disparity even bigger? Do you know what I mean? It, it, where it makes the easy holes even easier and it makes the hard holes even harder. You know what I mean? And it might make it almost like too lopsided. It, it wasn't even a, a, my comment wasn't even as much on the the pin setup as it is just like the design of the golf course, right? The green yeah. sit perched, right? There's just not, it's not accessible, which is a feature of the golf course. Like I'm not saying that, you know, it's apples or it's, you know, <laughs> potato, potato. It's not like it's right. It's not like it's wrong. It's just like, here's the challenge. We have perched up greens here. You know, how can you, you know, can you test, can we test your skill of hitting it high and be able to hold them and do all these different things? And no one can do it for 18 straight holes. And that's what's interesting is like a big part of the test here is how you scramble and how you get up and down. And do you leave yourself in the right spots? Do you leave yourself green to work with? Because as we've seen, there are some ass spots like (laughs) you can miss in the wrong spot. Almost no golfer, literally, except for Corey Connors, do I recall not seeing just being in a spot that was like, oh, well, he's toast. Like he's Brooks. The very first hole, Rory hasn't even isn't even done dropping yet, and Brooks is hitting a ball five yards in front of him out of the bunker on the tenth hole and making double out of it. I mean, we, the sandy I area, the sandy area, right? People are. Cold, I mean, it's one one course that's you're completely exposed everywhere you go. So not just perched up greens, but perched up fairways, perched up tees. You're above the dunes almost the entire time, so there's no place to hide from the wind. Yeah, people were mad about sandy areas being overused. Like, come on. Like, what, what are they supposed to say? You can't say bunker. You can't say sand because then people are going to think bunker. Like, you got to remember, some people tune into this that aren't watching golf week after week, and they probably turn it on after work, and 
it, yeah, I don't know. I, I complain about a lot. I'm not complaining about sandy areas. Yeah, I think we've been conditioned by the Masters for dumb vernacular for long enough. That's true. Cody, did you see anybody not raking their bunkers or the sandy areas today? As a courtesy to the other guys. Well, did you see anybody <laughs> being, uh, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, everybody's cleaning up after themselves. They are. Leave. I think everybody's out there leaving no trays. Yeah. I think that's dumb, man. Like, do you want to win or not? There's no way I'm raking after I'm done. Yeah, I do apologize in the preview for saying there'd be no rakes out there, Randy, because there were way more than I thought. But there are some spots where they're not raking. And JT almost sounded. JT was in a bunker on three or two, and left of the fairway, and uh, he was like, "Are there no rakes here? Like, I'm in a footprint." That seemed to be a surprise to him, but uh, I love it. I love it. It it would be a lot for a 156 person field with that much sand to just not rake it because by the end of the day, like that is such a bad. That's a that's a. I know everyone's got to go through it and got to play at the end of the day at some point, but that would mean it, it could potentially really bunch things come weekend where guys that are you know last off are almost guaranteed to be in footprints if they hit it in the sand. Uh, I feel like we should talk about the the 18th hole. Oh God, Cody, take us there. What, what's that, what was the yeah. report on the ground on the everybody blown into the grandstands? Yeah, Scotty Scheffler almost killed me, man. <laughs> Bounced right over my oh, head. Cool. And, and for anybody who did who didn't get to watch From to the- to set the table, basically they they moved the tee up 30 yards on 18 because a lot of the a lot of the pros were hitting some. Uh, some metals into the into the green. I guess they didn't oh like that. God. So uh, they they moved the tee up, and now the grandstands are even more in play, which means it's a pretty obvious play that, you know, to avoid those death bunkers on the right-hand side and the marsh and all the shit that's up the right, uh, guys are just absolutely blowing it into into the grandstands, taking a drop in, in some very nice uh, matted-down rough over there uh, with great angle into the green. Cody, that, that pretty much sum it up. No, that's completely true. I even went back and stood by 18T just to kind of overhear conversations and literal conversations of, oh, yeah, just aim it up that left side and we'll be good to go. So they know what they're doing. Uh, The quote of the day maybe from Keegan Bradley who said, quote, I I hope the fans over there have helmets on because there's going to be a lot more of this going on. Was every, was anybody giving a pre four call? Like, uh, you know, hey, four, (laughs) I'm I'm aiming right at you. No. You you know how the four calls are out here anyway. They're just like four. Can't hear them. <laughs> Nobody hears them. You know, three hundred yards up there. We need Big Shot Bob McIntyre getting in people's getting people's grills about that. I know that was a, a part of his uh, his due diligence. Um, let so, me ask a group. Uh, let me ask a group. What, like, what do you think of that? In in all honesty, like that, it seems a little scummy, right? Like, what can be done about it? I I tweeted like the TIO. It's it's ludicrous to give free relief for TIO. It's going to be absolutely insane if somebody has a two-shot lead on the 72nd hole of this tournament and they go and just say, like, all right, aim it left. Like, we can't – you can't get a penalty over there. Like, you can't. Like, it, you're going to get a free drop right that You know exactly where you're going to be dropping, and I'm almost going to guarantee we can make five from there. Like, that's going to suck. Like, part of the challenge of that tee shot is there's trouble left and there's trouble right, and there's nothing good right to begin with. And pros are always looking for a safe place to hit a ball. They're looking for a bumper. They're looking for a mound. They're looking for anything that's going to bound a ball towards where they want it to go. And you give them an entire bumper up the whole left side of the hole on the final hole of the championship. Like, what is going on here? This is ridiculous. It's not safe for the fans that are there. 
it ruins the point of challenging the players. And I see some people on Twitter saying, well, everyone's got to play it. It's the same for everyone. It's like, all right, you follow that logic far enough. Like you're playing putt-putt for this championship, right? Oh, yeah. Like everyone's got to play it. Like that's the championship. The idea here is to test people in a unique way. And I had a player walk off the course this morning and just say, by the way, 18th hole is cheating. Like if you you can play left, you can totally Love cheat it. That. You can Love totally that. cheat it. And it was just like, whoa, that's kind of jarring because it doesn't stick out that much on TV because they don't, unless you're watching a featured hole on the 18th hole, you're kind of relying on them to, you know, pop in every now and then and show somebody taking the drop relief from it. But gosh, they did show enough balls that were just peppering those left stands and getting a free drop right in some really easy rough. It's not, it's not a guaranteed par from there. Like, I don't know if that's the best strategy on the hole, but you're better off going left than right. And that is something that I, I don't know what they can do now though. They're, they're in too deep. You can't change the rule. You can't, I don't think you can change the drop area because you got to let at least let the players get through the second wave. I don't know if they can change it for the weekend, but they might be stuck on it, and it's not a good look for the seventy-second hole. Hey, hey, Listen, I, yeah. yeah, hell yeah. If, if, if I, they want to put up like some in-course OB on the weekend, God, I would be all for that. <laughs> I mean, so what do you, you want them to move the team back to where it was earlier? Have these poor guys hitting three wood in eighteen? <laughs> yeah, I mean, think about them though. Think about. <laughs> We don't want that. <laughs> Omar was a driver, driver. Yeah, yeah it'd be a three-shotter for some of those guys. We, we can't have them doing that. I, I got – yeah, I mean, those guys, if you put five on – the number five on the hole, they would have no problem putting the tee back there, but you call it a par four and they can't fathom possibly hitting lumber into it, even though it has absolutely zero impact on the championship. You can make it a par eight or a par two. It will have the same exact effect on every single player in the field. Um so I don't know. I, I'm not saying necessarily the hole is just way better from back there, but it just whatever was going on today was not adding up for me. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I just don't know what you can do without like a, a rule change or something. Right. I mean, without making that a, you know, penalty area or making that, you know, no, this is so stupid and it turns pro golf into kind of a clown show, but like, Oh yeah. I don't know. I mean the, you know, the tent is there, I guess you should hit it over it or, or around it like that, that like, if you want my honest answer, that's what it would be. It's like, yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. You shouldn't have hit it behind that big fucking building. Like, I, I don't know what to yeah. tell you. Like the, the uh, building didn't move. It was, it was there when you hit your shot, like, you know, but, uh, I don't really see that happening. So I don't, I don't know what to say. It's, it's tough. Like I, I if I was a player in the field, like I, I totally get why they're doing it. It just uh, it just kind of blows. This is on setup. This is not on the players. Players can do whatever the hell they want. It's all inbounds for them. Uh, it's it's all a setup thing. And I get it. You want a lot of people around the 72nd hole or the 18th hole of the tournament. But gosh, that just seemed a little bit excessive. But maybe anyway. maybe they should say as a courtesy to everybody, you shouldn't hit it in the grandstands. Maybe that would get them to <laughs> aim differently. Work uh, wonders with the rakes. Exactly. I can't believe guys are raking. I that's a competitive advantage. I'm not raking. Now maybe you know karma comes back around, but that's a chance I'd be willing to take just to <laughs> sprinkle in a little chaos. I guy love like, that guy like you get roughed up in the locker room, big. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about my pick? How has no one brought this guy up yet? Victor Hovland, the guy I insisted, the guy I insisted we talk more about on the preview because we hadn't given him his due yet. He was my pick to win. So we I think we I I know I covered him, but unbelievable. Uh, what is he, number six in the world? I cannot believe you picked that guy. That's you fucking for, awesome. You looking for a Thursday night crowning or what? Sleeping giant. No one saw this coming. Shock the world. Were where were where were you when Solly made this pick? Where were you in Victor Hoblin shot sixty nine in round one? How that, 
That was a brave pick. <laughs> How great was the sequence on four? If, if you didn't get to see it, Victor Hovland hits his ball above, just to the right of a, of a kind of pot-ish bunker, the small little bunker that, that uh, lined the fairway, kind of at right center part of the fairway on four. And he's trying to figure out a stance, and they stuck with him. ESPN Plus stuck with him for the whole sequence, this whole back and forth with his oh, caddy. so good. They're kind of making jokes about how many clubs he had out of his bag, different different shots he was going to pull off. And he just turns to his caddy, and he's like, how far is it over the crap? And it, <laughs> it, it like didn't even register for me that a pro just said that because that's exactly what like we would all say to each other if we're, if we're playing. And I, that's what it feels like when you watch Hovland like, have a conversation. You just feel like you're out with a, a, a buddy who is treating it like a normal round of golf uh, on, a, on a weekend. And he goes through, like, the caddy talks about, you know, do you want to hit nine iron here or do this? No, I can't get speed on it, blah, blah, blah. And he, he ends it with, I kind of want to try this, which, <laughs> of course, is met with the, really? Like, really? really? This is, we're in a major here. This is the time you want to try something. But it's, an, it's a pretty good shot, you know, left of the green, whatever, and gets up and down for par. But that whole sequence. Then he goes in and rakes the bunker himself. which Of course, uh, as a courtesy to the, the other players. Area, the sandy area, apologies, but uh that that was a great sequence and uh gosh i hope he's around for a weekend i think he's gonna gonna garner a lot of fans if he's uh, around for four days i think that's extremely well said i think he is a guy that super hardcore fans know how funny he is to watch but he hasn't really had like a big really big coming out moment right and, and especially leading into the Ryder cup especially leading into all this other stuff i mean he's he's gonna be a mondo superstar i would think and and he just needs he needs that moment so yeah maybe maybe this week will be it Nobody would be happier than me. That'd be great. Nobody. Nobody. Right. Well, maybe Solly, but nobody else. Um, LSTJ3 said, who time traveled and told you guys to bet Keegan and why were you acting mad about it on the preview pod? <laughs> uh, complicated question. Um, <laughs> a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of ways we can go with this question. <laughs> I mean, Keegan's been playing great golf and he played well here nine years ago, which means a ton, of course. I mean, of course. he's Rory today. <laughs> of course. Um, he yeah. just hits the shit out of it, man. Yeah, like he's he playing just good golf. He's playing really, really good, and he didn't even putt well today, which no. is kind of scary as well. Like it, ne- that that's kind of one of those like eh, this might be for real. Negative strokes <laughs> gain putting today. He drove the shit out of it. He was number three in strokes gain off the tee and hit twelve out of fourteen fairways. Um, number one in strokes gain tee to green, which includes chipping. But uh, gosh, he did pretty much everything. That that is. Of all the models I'm seeing up on that top page, that's one of the more sustainable ones that I'm seeing. Uh, a little more that may have some staying power so just don't be surprised if if keegan sticks around a little longer than you maybe Can you predict where this where the storm is is gonna make landfall too many variables right now the keegan storm is <laughs> somewhere off the coast and we're exploring a number of different options but. could be up in the northeast could be the people of boston i know you haven't seen a storm like this in quite a while but possibly could be time to you know make sure you've got some 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 canned goods some water things like that um, not only other, not only other name, but a name we haven't talked about enough here so far is Colin Morikawa. T8 right now missed three very makeable putts in those last five holes. Went to go look up his putting numbers. Somehow gained 1.2 strokes on the green today. He's the guy that like you could watch putt and be like, "What the hell is going on?" And then somehow the numbers tell a totally different story. There's no way to talk about this without without bringing up the you know my, my three favorite words: the eye test. <laughs> You know, just does it doesn't pass the eye test. What what does your gut tell you? What does your gut <laughs> exactly, tell you? exactly? No, it's dude. The short putts are tough, but I, as I I believe said after uh, Colonial, I mean it it makes for a hell of a compelling story when he gets down the stretch. There's there's weirdly like nothing better, more stressful, more exciting 
nothing that like whips your eyes to the screen faster. We always talk about it with Phil. Then when a guy really gets in the hunt, a guy who is notorious for missing short putts. I mean, that makes for an exciting afternoon of watching golf. So a huge Morikawa fan. And, and again, hope he plays well too. But uh, yeah, that that's going to be fun to watch. Is this why we root for Spieth? Is that what it is? Exactly. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But doesn't, yeah. doesn't Morikawa and Pete Dye make so much sense? Like just. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, this is a little longer than a Pete Dye course that we're used to, but just a demanding iron test is what I think of when it comes to die. And it, it, you know, uncomfortable. Well, it's got, it, Go ahead. It's got to have whiffs of concession, right? At least a little bit, a little bit, I'd say, um, you know, I, and I loved Mark Howell for the players and he did not play well at the players. Yeah. Honestly, hasn't played great since concession, but it is just a, an iron. I don't know what to say, how to, what, what to call it. Like, like we're talking about with the fairways, right? You're not able to create a ton of great angles with your tee shots, so you're going to have just iron after iron after iron test that is a little uncomfortable. The lie might be a little different. You know, the ball might be above or below your feet. You might want to draw one in, yet the green is going to promote a fade or something like that. And so for somebody that's a really, really good iron player and it's going to do that over 72 holes, like we, he probably should have been a little higher on our radar. Well, and it's also a place where you can, as we've mentioned many times now, you can miss an ass spot. And if you're not a guy who misses a lot, like that, you're going to miss in a lot fewer of those spots, right? Amen. Um, all right. What else is jumping out at you guys? What have we not talked about? Uh, I had just some random things in my uh, in my notebook here. Uh, great note from the ESPN broadcast. Uh, Tringali was Boutros, 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 Tringali was uh, was playing well early. DQ'd twice at PGAs for it signing an incorrect scorecard. That's just a wild, wild stat. I hadn't heard that before. Shout out to the ESPN guys uh, for that. Uh, it's like I, a battlefield promotion or something. If you, get the if you decided three, three times, you'd never get to play another PGA. Uh, fool me once. Uh, the only thing I was going to say about the rough, you know, I, I'm with you. The rough, you know, it, it negates a lot of the angles. It did make the Hovland shot possible on uh, on number four. Otherwise, that ball probably runs into the bunker, you know, the way that the course was designed. Uh, but <laughs> that little strip made that shot possible, so that was cool. On that note, I thought the bunker cam on 17 was sick. Was way in on that different angle, uh, and I don't know if we want to go into any telecast stuff, but I, I thought CBS ESPN product was fantastic today. Loved loved watching it. I was I, way in on ESPN. Go ahead, Randy. Sorry, I've talked way too much. Well, no, no, no. It's okay. Uh, just to follow up DJ's point, then we can get into the telecast. I, I think uh, you know Bryson. Looking at his stats, I I, I think he's lurking. Um, or I always get confused, lurking or lingering. What's what's lingering or like, loitering? Lingering yeah, or loitering are two different. He's loitering. Things. He's got bad intentions. I think. Yes, exactly. Uh, obviously, I said I said Mickelson, uh, the back nine thirty two. I think the the field average on the back nine was like almost thirty eight. So just to put that in perspective, was was very cool. And then get guys, it, no, I can't believe we I can't believe we haven't I, even mentioned this. Guy it's yet. in my notebook. Of course, it's in my notebook. Inside the top twenty. Mr. Is it his week? Is, is it his week? Best putter on the planet. Can he win a major? <laughs> I mean, come on. What a story. What do you think? Hell no. What are we going to say? <laughs> Hell no. Uh, I saw the stories about Michael Jordan. You know, he's been hanging with Michael Jordan. It totally, he's the slump, Michael Jordan slump buster. That, that didn't come out right. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, come on, Randy. I think you, you even said it before we came on. There's, there's, Arguably, there's very few things, very few things that uh, 
If we didn't say, somebody just said, who the hell are they talking about? We're talking about Ricky Fowler, of course. <laughs> uh, very few things that would make this weekend more fun than, than Ricky being in the mix after getting the, the special invitation that apparently a lot of guys get. Uh, I'm, I'm all in on that. Of course. It's it's like you mentioned, Phil or Colin or even watching Spieth play. Like, you know, Ricky being in the hunt on Sunday when, you know, you know he's not going to win, but it's still fun to get everybody riled up. That's That's about as good as it gets. There, there's nothing fun about Ricky playing poorly. Like he's not exactly. He's not interesting enough that you know it's great. Oh my god, it's crazy that Ricky's not playing great. It's like no, it, it, it. There's no story there. Like it's just boring. Like I, we need him to be around. Maybe just for Randy's bits. I don't know exactly <laughs> what we need, but uh, yeah, we need that guy around. And I'm excited. I'm excited that it, again, not the most sustainable model. He can't really get off the tee right now, or he's 119th in strokes gain off the tee, but. Played well with the irons today, 11th strokes gain approach, uh, putted it good. So we'll see. Who could say? Who could say? Um, big one, one last guy, real quick, to jump in out Brandon Grace. And I know. Uh, How the hell was he under par there at around like six, seven o'clock? He was, I mean, the wheels had completely fallen <laughs> off. I completely agree. I mean, it, I, I, it I don't know. Watch, what, though. I don't know where this golf came from, and I don't know when when it decided to implode this afternoon. But I mean, kind of hanging around. We'll see. The other thing is that I thought the autoflex shaft was illegal. I guess it's not. He actually has it in play in his driver this week. You guys know what the autoflex shaft is? is this I, totally. I do. I do, but for the listeners, that might not. Could you this is a patented Korean technology. So if you if you look at the shaft, is this the Chinese finger trap? Oh yeah! It's oh my the, god! This is wild. The whippiest shaft you've ever seen. It comes in like uh, stiff one uh, X and two X. Um, and I swung it a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "What is? What in the world is this?" I thought it was the orange whip training aid. Um, that's how whippy it is. And Brandon Grace has it in play, and is just absolutely killing the ball. What does it do? What are the what are the like what are the benefits of it? Again, for the people who don't <laughs> the- know. Exactly. I mean, I know. I I read about it, but so tempo it makes you slow down. It gets you to very Hideki like at the top. So you almost have to like pause because it it automatically makes you start casting if you're if your transition's way too quick. So as long as you set it at the top and come through, I mean, he the guys that I know that including one recovering PGA Tour player right now said he added thirty yards to his drive just by going to the autoflex. So yeah, it's like the. the way it was explained to me was like the the technology behind like a Chinese finger trap, right? Where you can like get stuck with. I don't I don't know how that translates directly to chat, but just think of it along those lines where it really stiffens at impact, right? And it's giving you a kick at the bottom, but it's not like it doesn't like play or feel stiff. God, this is a risky risky sentence <laughs> <laughs> until until impact or like right at the bottom of your swing. And it's kind of weird to swing. I, I, I've hit one with uh, Andrew Allgood, one of our young hitters, has one, and he's been messing around with it. And uh, it it is freaky. It doesn't feel right, and it's like a bold, bold play to put one in. And I did not realize he had one, but it could be a trend on tour if that if it remains legal. But it is a, a just a full send. Like he is blowing it by 30, 30 by me, and we used to be somewhat in the same realm. <laughs> And it like I did not know it was in play. I think Adam Scott. I don't know if he has one in play, but I know he was one of the ringleaders with this shaft. I think, but uh, gosh, that's that's gonna be interesting to follow. The Thank weird you. thing about it is that it only comes in two colors as well. So it comes in rainbow, <laughs> and then bright pink. 
Yeah. So big for you. I just want to let you know, I did, I do have one on order and I'm going to put it in the bag. So as soon as we get together uh, in a couple of weeks, I'll gladly let you hit it. Is there an extra, is there an extra long one? Of course. Extra, extra long for the extra, extra stiff shaft just for big. That's good, man. Shout out to these guys being better athletes these days. I love it. Well, that's what I was saying. Would this be a way to just like not have to do anything, but add a ton of distance? Yeah, because some of us are listening on that. Because I'm, yeah, I'm in that market. If anybody wants to, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure I saw Terrell, you know, messing around with them this weekend. Happy Gilmoreing on the range, so we got that going for him. Um, we haven't talked much, Bryson. Am, am I wrong in saying Bryson like last couple months has gotten a little bit boring? Like, hasn't really given us any flash of play. Hasn't really said anything absolutely ridiculous other than seeing UFOs. That's pretty UFOs much, thing was sick, but that's pretty normal. Like that, we yeah. can expect that. He accidentally uh, flew home. Uh, that's, <laughs> that <is true>. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But I didn't feel anything when he shot even today. It just felt like I don't know if this is not a great golf course for him. It, it doesn't appear to be. You know, he he, he pounded it off the tee, but couldn't really make any putts today. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of a boring, even par round. I need a little, I need, I need something to make fun of you for, or to compliment or to praise or to, you know, rip you on. And he's not giving me, not giving us the content right now. Shout out to Max Meltzer in the, in the comments. The, uh, the square root division sign shirt was dumb. We can, we can rip on that. If you want to talk about that, we can do a lot of fashion stuff, but yeah, I'm kind of with you. I didn't, I didn't really feel too much. I, I think um, we might be hearing from him by the end of the week. I, I think he, I don't know. You're on notice. He hit, well, he hit the ball really well. Yeah, I, if you know, Cody, how big was he in person? One, one to ten. I thought he was tiny. I mean, what's the what's serious? the big deal about this? No, I mean he's he's a unit, man. I walked <laughs> by. I was like, I see what the people were talking about. Uh, yeah, it was impressive. The, I, you know, I don't like to accuse anybody or anything, but. I also know that uh, we're we're coming up to Olympic season and, and <laughs> like somebody's about to get started. accused pretty hard. <laughs> so uh, maybe we're lacking something these days, but uh, I don't know. That reminds I, that reminds me of one of my favorite memes, which is so it's not insider trading. <laughs> Somebody that's about to describe insider trading <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I we don't have to go on Bryson too long. I, I will never forget getting a a text from a swing coach. First week back, uh, <laughs> when, they, when they saw Bryson for the first time, and they, they said, I, I was quote aghast at, at how big Bryson had gotten. That that word is it's just so good, always but makes me tr- laugh. It's, it's truly the get a load of the or, or have a look at the size of this lad, <laughs> absolutely in the in awe of the size of this yeah, lad, that's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, so but he Neil was on this from the get go, right? When he was talking about all this weight gain that was happening like he, over a little over a year ago that it's like not going to be sustainable. And Bryson actually talked about that a little bit this week in terms of, you know, when I was in quarantine, all I could do, all I did was like get stronger, just put on weight, blah, blah. And I gained a ton of speed. And he's like, I'm still getting stronger, but it's not translating to speed. And I don't know why. And like maintaining that level of fitness and protein and calorie and all that while maintaining a professional golf schedule week to week doesn't appear to be like, he's not, it's not progressing. Like he's almost regressing a little bit when it, in, in terms of distance, like it's not getting worse and worse and like, or better and better and better. It, it's still obviously incredible, but it's not like the separation that we saw last summer where he was hitting it 40 past some guys. Right. I mean, it, he's still the longest, but it's not like he's separating himself more and more. Yeah. I, I think those courses that he, when we came out of quarantine too, set up perfectly for him. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of exposed now playing, 
in the wind. You didn't see it last year with a, a June event down at Hilton Head. Um, you know, I think that adds a lot to it. But we were screenshotting stuff that was like, dude, this is ridiculous, right? And Rory was walking off golf courses after playing with him being like, I turned to Harry yeah. and said, holy shit, man, this is unbelievable. And it's it's just starting to regress a little bit. And it's still like an incredible asset and it's a great skill and it's going to give him an advantage, you know, just to, to at the start of every tournament. But it's not like blowing me away as much as it was. At the he, time. he was sixth in driving distance today. So not heads and shoulders, yeah. you know, first like he usually is. Right. A uh, couple other random things I had firing up the notebook. Uh, I don't know when, like, Stu Sink, chill. I don't know <laughs> just when. Chill, just chill. I don't know when this is going to stop, but it's starting to get concerning. Uh, just just nah. chill. Just, nah, man. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Stu Sink, nah, dog. <laughs> just Nah. <laughs> I bet I bet Keimer to win the players in 2014, and when he won, like I rooted for him like six years after that, and like I had Stu Sink to win Heritage. Like he's good for like five years in my book. Like yeah. I'm, I keep uh, rooting for him, even though I got no money on him. I'm like, keep going, bro, keep going. Seems seems like an absolute great guy. Just you know, just nah. <laughs> uh, Can we talk about Spieth bailing on the shirt that was scripted for him? Alphaing Under Armour. Which Thank yeah, you. he had such totally a bad, backed down the whole city of Baltimore. It was the story of of you know maybe the whole nation on Wednesday <laughs> when he showed up wearing a shirt. At least Baltimore, a huge X on his back. Many people saying it was a tribute to DMX, but uh, and it was scripted for him to wear on Thursday, and he didn't come out. And apparently, he had vetoed it before the week had started. But yeah, I had people from the from the tour in my in my mentions saying like, yeah, that shirt's like not legal. <laughs> like logos have to be three by five inches and all this stuff. But gosh. It just seems like, you know, Nike Nike has the crown for like, hey, it's major week. Let let's do some bad shit. And Under Armour is it's like, fun to do bad things. Yes, Under Armour is just a true hold my beer situation with that shirt because that was an atrocity. It's it's not good. Uh it's not good. I, I had uh, a couple other shout outs. Uh, Rich Beam oh. uh shot two over and just it looks like he's having a fucking blast out there and like I think that's exactly what you want out of your your one-time, you know, major champions, guys who had nice career. He seems like he just he rode off into the sunset totally happily. Uh, it seems like he has a blast doing Sky Sports stuff. He's, he's basically a full-time broadcaster, came out, held his own today. Uh, he's chipping in. He's making long putts. It looks like he's just having a ball. So that, that's love. You love th- that's things you love to see. That, that was awesome. He missed a shorty on the last to shoot one over, and he bogeyed the downwind par three eighth too. He, he bogeyed his last two to shoot two over. He had a hell of a round going. Is he in the? Do they do a Monday after the PGA like media lottery or anything for that? <laughs> I don't he, know. You absolutely run a train on people out there. Though. <laughs> Will he be in there? There's a visual for you. Uh, uh, I didn't realize. Shout out, just someone in the comments mentioning uh, he was commenting on Sky before his round, also, which is epic. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's just. That's awesome. I love that. A couple other notes. Uh, You know, we've been referring to Cam Smith as the mangy dog. Uh, Many people very upset. Multiple separate sources upset that uh, we didn't call him the dingo. I think that is a total no-brainer. I would sign off on that, rubber stamp that today. If you guys are down with that, I think Cam Smith as the dingo, I think, makes a lot of sense. I I had to research what a dingo was, and now I know. (laughs) It's kind of like a coyote. 
or it is kind of like a coyote in, indeed uh and last thing i think i had was the the john catlin slow play penalty you got oh. got to chat about that i mean first first guy penalized at a major since his eminence uh guan tian lang uh <laughs> and that, that was just uh very interesting to see yeah it just it, it's weird how it always ends up being non-pga tour members that get the they get slapped with the slow play penalties but it's amazing how fast this, the PGA Tour players are. They've never gotten penalized in, in you know how many years. Like they just are a model for fast pace play. And uh, I just thought it was. I hated to see. I know we've had years and years of peace with no slow play at any majors, and I just I hated I seeing this whisper of one instance pop back up. Man, I, I hate seeing that. I hope it's not a sign of things to come. But um, can, I, can I shout out just a couple of people? Sure, Ben Cook. Low low club pro guy today shot in the even yeah. par seventy two. It's too unbelievable. Yeah. Big. Yeah. I got a story for you. Ben Cook <laughs> yeah. is a huge NLU supporter. So come on, yeah, he's he's always you know I'm usually uh, got the handles on the Instagram account. He's all over it all the time. Likes everything, comments. Uh, this is his third PGA in a row that he's qualified for. A full time teaching professional uh, up in up in Michigan. So oh. really really good for him. I mean. Hopefully, I, I, I love him even more now. Even I want to give a, a bigger shout out. A true PGA professional. Yeah, that's yeah, that's he, look how many do, look at the names of the dudes he beat today. Like seriously, <laughs> uh, yeah. Was, like I'm looking at the leaderboard. He's hanging right with Cam Smith, the 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 Dingo, uh, <laughs> the, the Schlong, and Harry Higgs and Scotty Scheffler. What a group! Hmm. Gain strokes in every category except he barely lost in putting. He kept up with the best ball strikers in the world today. That, Unreal. That that's cool. That is cool about the PJ Championships. That that you know they have these, these club pros that go up and 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 we have these stories every year of somebody that does tremendous. So I hope that lasts into tomorrow. Um, might need to get him on the might need to get him on the show maybe this weekend. Get him get him talking work. about playing the course. If, and, this and, weekend he's gonna yeah. make the cut. Well, so, I know. Yeah. I mean, after he yeah, plays, after, after you know, after he plays, see if Absolutely. he wants to do a rich beam thing. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, Might not pay as well, but we can ask him. Uh, coverage front, ESPN Plus, like I, I mentioned earlier, was just awesome this morning. I couldn't figure out a time to go pee. I just, I did my morning shower at two o'clock this afternoon because I couldn't didn't have time to get up. Like they were just absolutely vibing. They had all these feature group channels. It lost steam for me once it went to TV. I don't know if that's just because I can't watch golf for twelve hours straight. I don't know if you guys felt differently, but um, I don't know. ESPN just like. Fresh Voices just makes it feel like a major championship and a big deal, and they they are covering a big sporting event and not making it about themselves, and that's appreciated in the golf world. Two two things there. Here, here. Uh, yeah, I fully agree. I love the variety. They had tons of featured groups. I love that feature um, on ESPN Plus. Uh, and what else was I going? Oh, I took a big nap this afternoon. That was yeah. well, yeah. So it was it was too much golf. Like a forty-minute app, it was really nice. That—that's what I, we were talking about a little bit before we came on. I—I I think for me personally, it's like the fact that this happens at every major, where every Thursday afternoon, I—I—I I, I get so excited in the morning, have such a good time watching, and then it, you hit that like, you know, leaders are on ten, twelve, whatever, and you're just like very sleepy. And I think it's—it's got to be just a byproduct of 
watching too much golf throughout the day. And like it, nothing can be exciting for that long. Yeah, and it's you're always struck by like what happens in the golf, right? Like uh, this morning off the bat, we have Rory in the shit, we have Brooks in the shit, we have Adam Scott in the shit, and right. like all this stuff going on. And this, this afternoon just did not have much going on, and so yep. that's not their fault. But you need a you need a player to make a crazy run, or you need the yeah. weather to change, or you need something. I, I don't think there's anything they yeah, can really that's, do. That's not their fault. I'm I'm not saying that, but also it's just kind of like a. Hey, we you kept asking for all this coverage, but like we didn't think you'd actually do it. Like we don't <laughs> we don't want to watch golf twelve hours a day. <laughs> Come on, don't like make us sit and do it. No, it's no. It's nice to be able to pop in and out. Yeah. I, I loved it. Shout yeah. out to all the all the people working hard making that happen. Yeah, because that's so, that is a uh, long long day. I'm gonna reach. Oh, my, I had I'm oh, gonna go reach ahead. my forty hour work week just by watching the telecast this week. No doubt. I'm not even counting anything else. Uh, a couple. Sorry, I, my notebook's very very thick today. Mm-hmm. Uh. On the telecast front, I thought the wind calibrator was cool. I loved yes. seeing the, uh, you know, it's it's playing 218, but really it's playing 242. Like that, hell yeah. Anything that makes me smarter about the golf shot I'm about to watch, weigh in. Love and it. And the flyovers they did of the graphics of the hole that have the wind like going, you know, with most little motion arrows going across the screen, like that like makes you feel it, right? Like and yeah. some of these holes kind of change directions a little bit. And I know they did one with the second hole illustrating that par five that bends to the left and then goes back to the right, showing the wind over top of it and the contours of the green all at once. It was like, dude, if you didn't play that hole, like you just like saw it right there. Like you just experienced the, if you're like Randy, that also doesn't remember playing the hole, like you got to relit. Now you know what that hole looks like. So I don't know. That kind of stuff is what you're afforded when you don't do a lot of commercial breaks and they don't do a lot on ESPN plus. I have a very serious question for you guys. I hope this is okay to bring up on the show. Uh, I, I do need an answer from all of you. Thumbs up, thumbs down. The Stephen A. Smith wind essay. I was mega thumbs up. <laughs> I wish I had more hands. I wish, yeah. Give me, give me four <laughs> hands. I was already, I was already not vibing at that point, and that was just kind of like, really? I mean, that's certainly one way you could go with this. It was a complete twelve six curveball. I, I needed it at that part of the broadcast. Uh, yeah. My knees buckled when that one came in. <laughs> kind of I was so far up. out in front of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Totally tied me up. This is the first of not watching a single bit of the coverage today. I have no clue what you guys are talking about, but I'll find out. Cody, I will say just like hearing your your reports and and you know from people on the ground, it makes me. We, we there's a reason we don't go to ma- a lot of majors, so we can do these shows and take everything in. But gosh, I kind of want to go to some of these. It made me kind of want to get some boots on the ground. So. Yeah, we might need a designated survivor out there at, at each one of these things. We can't yeah. all be can't all be posted up here in Jack. Yeah. So exactly. I'm, I'm uh, glad I, I sacrificed myself for it. Randy expects some aloe vera on my expense account because, uh, man, it got a little warm and, and I'm a little red. So we were saying but, before we came on, I think it's it's the sand. It's so white out there. Like it's like holding one of those reflective. big reflective sun suntan things. Sand in Not your good. ass. Exactly. Ex- right. Well, yeah. Well said. So. Two things. And then the notebook's totally empty. Uh, Podrick Harrington, one under. That was amazing. Like from the. You know, kind of a, a Stu Sink, like I'm sure many people are like, yo, I'm good. I don't need to watch this, but totally out of the blue. I, I loved watching that. That was really fun. And then uh, the last thing I had, something we discussed earlier this week on on Slack, I think, was uh, or earlier today on Slack, Dustin Johnson wearing the blade collar. Uh, I, I kind of think I've my defenses to the blade collar have been worn down and they're no longer offensive to me whatsoever. They used to be very offensive. Now I... I think I don't care. I'm I'm apathetic slash maybe even a little bit in. So here's the risk of that. 
the blade collar was the Brooks hat of like 2015 or something like that. Right. So are we going to in 2025, are we going to be like Brooks was right all along with that hat? Like he nailed it. He nailed it. So you got to stand firm on these. You got to be stubborn. Uh, (laughs) Never change your mind on anything. No, (laughs) that's a sign of weakness. If you ever change your mind, never change an opinion, even if you're dead wrong. So I'm wrapped. Can we get you, can we get you in a blade collar? I'd have to look. I, I I don't mind the blade collars, but I was just thinking I, it it looks better on a certain body type. Um, well, that was going to be my like thing. Dustin, is I think Dustin you know, can wear can wear anything. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it did look good on. I Dustin, would certainly I would try one. I you know a little birdie say maybe there might be some NLU ones here soon. But uh, mm, really, I don't know. We're we're not quite ready for you. Stay tuned. <laughs> we'll keep we'll keep you posted. <laughs> God, I, I want that to be the takeaway from this. Solly, just never change your mind, never apologize. As, <laughs> as someone said in the comments. Double down, Dig double in. Double down. Double down. <laughs> Dig in. Uh good stuff, guys. Should we should we wrap it there? Let's wrap yeah, it. That was fun. It's pizza time for me. Uh thanks everyone for tuning in. And we will see you back here, same place, same time-ish, uh, the rest of the week. Cheers. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything.